Hello, this is Kenya. <coughs> yes, the wheezy is back. It's an asthma day, so all my asthma warriors assemble. <coughs> oh, excuse me. This is Kenya, and welcome to my magical wheezy cottagecore life. Today, we're going to talk about herbs that grow in the snow, but only one today. We're specifically referring to mint. Now, when we started this journey together, we used to talk about all the unknown herbs, and we've covered quite a few, and we're going to cover quite a few more. But today, I want you to open up your big book of stuff, because we're going to cover an herb that is everywhere and nowhere. This herb is called mountain mint, and yes, it grows in Michigan. As a matter of fact, it grows in Detroit. So, let's get started. Now remember, when we're talking about plants, what do we do? We don't just learn the common name. We do what? We learn the Latin name. And this one is a real tongue twister. So today we're talking about mountain mint, also known as Pycnanthemum muticum. That specific one is the one we're referring to when we're talking about the one in Michigan. I have some growing in my kitchen right now. I bought it from a native plant sale and it is wonderful. And yes, it grows in the snow. It smells beautiful. It is one of my favorite new mints and it very is very resilient. I wanna say that that's because it's native to here and it's in its home, it's hard to get rid of and we don't wanna get rid of it. But I'm nursing this one because it got rather dried out during the year. So we're giving it some TLC and letting it stay indoors, but it would definitely survive the weather we've been having lately. So as always, when we talk about these particular kind of plants, we're going to look a bit at the medicinal side, but remember, I am not a doctor. I am not a certified herbalist, nor am I a naturopath. We always remind each other what we are. We're simply people who love to collect folk remedies and maybe use them sometimes. But if you are on medication, remember, always check with your practitioner. Never just put things in your mouth. We've talked about this. But traditionally, the way that people would use this would be to treat bleeding gums, indigestion and colic, and sometimes the gas you get after eating those beans with the greens and the potatoes um, during Thanksgiving and other times of the year. You know I had to put a little reference in there for that. It's really not without a hint of floral to it, the more that I smell it. And 
I can't recommend what you will use it for, but I know I make a mint salve during the winter months. So I'm going to make some this year and tell you how it goes. Because it is a mint, you can also add it to your homemade liniment. Now in this particular case, I've noticed that because of the cold season, rubbing alcohol is not as easy to find. So you may have to settle on the wintergreen alcohol that's already pre-made. You know, the green one that many of us used to see our grandparents using. You can still add your mint to it. You'll just have the smell of wintergreen underneath. If you can find the isopropyl alcohol by itself, then you could just stuff it about three quarters of the way with the winter mint and let it sit for about three weeks. Once it's finished, pull out the mint, uh, bury it on the edge of your property or just toss it away. You know, it doesn't matter. It served its purpose and then fill it up the rest of the way with more alcohol and you've got a nice minty liniment. If you add your other mint liniment herbs, such as maybe pearly everlasting or something along the line of a thyme, or even if you've got it, if you've got it, some comfrey root or comfrey leaves if you save them, you can also make a really good pain uh, based treat, you know, liniment for a home remedy. You can also add a bit of cayenne for that capsaicin if you're helping with the circulation to the area. But again, don't use anything on your body without talking to your doctor or your healthcare practitioner. All right, let's go to the next one. Now remember, we talked about this before, that just because something smells good and tastes good doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. Mountain mint can sometimes be a little bit too much for your liver, so eat or drink it sparingly. It's kind of like bone set. Again, it, it really beats up your liver a little bit. So don't just, you know, chow on down taking this all the time. It's not good for you. In all things, moderation. There is a season for this. This particular mint is very good at this time of year. But again, moderation. Maybe balance it out with something else. If you're using it in pillows to try to make things fragrant around your home for the winter season, because you know things get stale and stuffy, and you mix it with cedar, you can help keep away some of the little pests. It's actually as effective as pennyroyal almost in that note, which is a good use for pennyroyal. Pennyroyal has many uses. So does mountain mint. Only use them for good things. I'm not the boss of you, but I would like to be a friend to you. So only use things for good things. Okay, friends? Let's all be safe.
Another thing you can do with the Mountain Mint is to add it to your sick room display of plants. You know, there is such a thing as a sick room. I know that we don't talk about it much anymore. It seems like some terms are no longer in use. But when someone is ill, there are some things you have to do. And one of those things is, other than just stripping everything down, is sometimes you want a living plant in there. Now there are those who will tell you not to do this because maybe the disease can get into the soil. Well, I can't speak to that. I will say this, I do know that living things tend to bring out living results. So it's up to you. But a mint uh, will oftentimes scent the air just a little bit so that there's a bit of life in the room or a peace lily or something like that. So I definitely would encourage a, a display of this mint in a sick room to freshen up the space. Maybe that'll be an episode coming up. Maybe we can talk about how to take care of and furnish a sick room from stripping the floors to the sheets to the walls. Um, maybe that'll be the next one. Speaking of being safe, it's a safe bet. You knew there was going to be a mom joke in here. You knew it was coming. Oh, come on. Don't look at me like that. It wasn't that bad. Anyway, it's a safe bet that today's sponsor would be very, very good for you. If you're looking for something to occupy your time in a way that's more personal than group in activity and scope. Today, our sponsor is Mama Turtles Homeschool. Mama Turtles Homeschool goes into different subjects of spirituality and kindness. Now, today, they've told me to recommend their home study course on basic discipleship. And they're using the book, Basic Discipleship. But they're offering this as a freebie because they're going to, I'm going to really devote an episode to them next week about what they're offering, but they're going to tell you what the book is so you can follow along. It is a home study thing. It's a group that's only for Michiganders. So I'm sorry if you're not from Michigan, but I do want to give them a shout out. So just a second and let me tell you all about it. The name of the book is Basic Discipleship by Floyd McClung. That's the one they're working on right now. So if you're not a Christian, this might not be the book for you. And then you might want to check out one of their next home study courses. The book is pretty easy to read. It's not very hard. I think I read it back when I was first going to school at Spring Arbor University. But we're not going to get into how long ago that was because we don't need to talk about how old I am. <laughs> so check out Mama Turtles Homeschool and let me know how you like it. All right, back to the show. One thing I'd like for, to recommend to you is when you're using herbs, especially in a mint, you want to be careful because they're very strong 
and they can take over the taste of anything you cook with them. So if you decide to make sugar cookies with a piece of mint in there, don't do that. Dry the mint out or make an infusion in the oil for the cookies or make mint sugar. We talked about how to do that and add it that way. Adding it directly to the cookie recipe is going to overpower the whole thing. And you don't have to make everything from scratch. Go to your local store and grab, grab some sugar cookie mix. Do it that way. Don't make everything hard. Then you can just brew up a little bit of sugar cookie tea and then you can take that tea and substitute it for regular water and you'll still get that flavor without it being overpowering. In all things, moderation. I almost want to say that's the this is the moderate mint episode. Get it? Moderation? Mint? Mountain? Okay. Well, anyway, I want to thank you for sticking with me so long. It's been a few years now, and that's kind of cool, but we're going into year three. So we've come a long way together. I also want to thank all my sponsors, new and old. Check them out. They're really wonderful people. And lastly, but more importantly, mostly, I want to thank you, my friends. We're friends, right? I want to thank you for coming through this journey with me together. And I can't wait to see what places we'll go. Next time on my magical Cottagecore Life.